Thanks to Slack for supporting Industry Focus. Slack is a collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work into channels where everyone's included. Relevant information is all in one place, and new team members can easily get up to speed. Learn more at slack.com. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, April 13th, and we're theorizing what a paid Facebook service might look like. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, before we start talking about Facebook, it's Friday the 13th. I'm scared. <laughs> um, do you have any superstitions? I have one. Um, and you know, this might surprise you, but uh, so I, I used to be a pretty big gambler <laughs> before I <laughs> that had do, That uh, doesn't surprise and, me. You know, real responsibilities. <laughs> But there is one gambling superstition that I fully believe, completely scientifically, uh, which is that $50 bills are bad luck, and I will not physically touch them. I, I literally won't even touch them. I will have them. someone break them or give them to my wife. I won't touch them. <laughs> now, is, is there any logic to this, or is it like the, like the white lighter kind of superstition? that It's just like born out of like lore, and no one can really explain why it exists. Well, there's you know a lot of empirical evidence to suggest that if you touch them, you will lose <laughs> your money. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot. I, I, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I think there's a lot of empirical evidence saying that if you touch any money at a casino, you'll probably lose it. <laughs> I mean, in my experience, I've lost money after touching fifties, but it's also one of those things where once you hear about it, you you remember those times more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, like a recency or, or a recall bias with that, I guess. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, Austin, what about you? Any superstitions? Uh, playing baseball is like such a superstitious <laughs> sport. <laughs> so I have, there's plenty. There was one season where I was running late. I was on my way home from the beach. I had a game that morning. Running late, grabbed a double cheeseburger on the way to the game. First pitch I saw, I hit like 380 feet over the fence. I had a double cheeseburger for every game the rest of the season. Isn't, did, that, isn't that like the Wade Boggs diet? Didn't you have like fried uh, yeah, chicken before yeah. every single game you played? Did not hit another home run that season, but <laughs> I had a lot of double cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, uh, my superstition is also a sports superstition. Uh, I play goalkeeper in soccer, and I always have to put my gloves on the same way. I always have to strap them the same way. At a certain point, it just kind of becomes ritual, I think, more than anything else. But um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised by Evan's fifty dollars bill one. I did not know that. I'm guessing there are going to be some listeners out there that are like, "Yeah, of course. This is this is gambling fodder. Duh, like, everyone duh. knows this." <laughs> <laughs> well, we will try to avoid having Evan touch any fifty dollars bills on today's show. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Facebook, and this news has really been covered quite a bit. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's congressional testimony, it's deep in the news cycle at this point. I think Market Foolery hit this maybe twice already this week. So we're coming in late. We're going to take a slightly different angle when we're talking about Facebook today, and we're going to do kind of a little thought exercise. And the focus here is going to be, would Facebook ever consider a paid model? What would it look like, and how much would users have to pay for it to be worthwhile to Facebook? And, and Evan, this kind of comes from a place where, you know, there's been internet speculation about a paid Facebook service for quite some time. It's, it's like one of those things that just never dies. Yeah, it's like this urban myth, and you'll see it go around every few years that like rumors, oh, Facebook's going to start charging you money. Somehow, if you copy and paste the status update, you'll be exempt from it, which obviously doesn't make any sense, but 
these kind of hoaxes have always been around and they sound really ridiculous every time they come around. But now it seemed like a real possibility. Yeah, there, we got some recent comments from management, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, as well as COO Charles Sandberg, that make it seem like this could be something that management's at least kicking around as an idea. Right. I think that it's pretty clear that they're at least talking about it because there's been a subtle shift in the language. So responding to Senator Orrin Hatch what, you know, this week, um, <clears throat> you know, questions about the business model, his ba- he basically said, yes, there will always be a version of Facebook that is free. And suggesting that there's different versions of Facebook is, is in contrast to the company's longstanding kind of approach to how they would talk about this, be like, oh, no, it's, it's always free, just straight up kind of like a full stop. But now, you know, his comments kind of suggest that at a minimum they're talking about it. Yeah, and I think Sheryl Sandberg's comments talking about how there isn't an opt-out at the highest level, which would be a paid product. Again, this is kind of acknowledging the idea that this is something that could exist in the world. It's not to say that this is happening anytime soon, but it is fun for us to speculate on a little bit. Um, ultimately, it comes down to what would something like this cost? Uh, you know, if you're on the user side, how interested would you be? And that really lands on well, it depends on where you live. Right. So, I mean, I think there's you know certainly many angles to look at. I mean, certainly lots of online services in general include paid versions as well as free ad-supported versions. So the idea is you know quite common out there, not nothing you know groundbreaking in itself. And you know, I, I do think yeah, it's very interesting to look at you know Facebook's ability to monetize its service varies very widely by by geographical region, which may not directly dictate pricing decisions, but certainly would kind of be a part of that conversation. So just kind of, for example, uh, last quarter alone, ad revenue per user on average was about $26 in the U.S. and Canada, uh, $9 in Europe, $2.50 in Asia, $2 in the rest of the world. So for example, a company like, you know, a country like Canada, you would have to charge people there 14 times as much compared to Africa just to kind of break even. Uh, to compensate for lost ad revenue. Now, again, that's not to say that they're going to do it that way because you could, you, you know, they could maybe do it based on the global average. They could price it by region, which some companies do. Like for example, Amazon Prime costs 100 bucks in the U.S. Uh, Amazon Prime is only 15 bucks in India. So certainly, you know, lots of companies, have lots of different pricing strategies, but a lot of interesting implications there. Yeah, if you look at the full year for average revenue per user in U.S. and Canada, I think it works out to just over eighty dollars. Uh, so if you divide that up by twelve, you'd get roughly six fifty or so, just just uh, under seven dollars per month as a kind of monthly subscription service. If it was kind of siloed to you know what they're able to generate off of users via ads in that market, you know, because I, th- I think there is kind of a, a substitution that needs to happen there for this to be a realistic possibility. Um, that isn't really all that expensive when you think about it. You know, you look at what it costs for a Netflix subscription per month. You know, it's dramatically less. So um, it's something that people, I think, would be able to wrap their head around. We actually have some data on this and people's willingness to uh, possibly spend money on Facebook. We're going to hit that over on the second half of the show. Before we get over there, though, I want to thank Slack for supporting Industry Focus. Slack is a collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work in easily searchable channels. Whether it's projects, interests, teams, or by office, all the right people are always in the loop. Relevant information is in one place, and new team members can easily get up to speed. Slack allows you to organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives, all in one easy-to-use app. And it works everywhere you go. With mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up just where you left off, no matter where you are. 
We use Slack all the time here at HQ. I Slack with Evan before the show to get our notes together and to chat about the news of the day. One feature that we are particularly fond of is the drag and drop file sharing. It makes getting our outlines together so much easier. If you want to learn more, head over to slack.com. That's slack.com. So, Evan, the, the critical element of this is, is this something that people actually would want? And, and frankly, I think the answer is no. I, I think that there are a lot of consumers out there that, even in the wake of all of the data issues that Facebook is dealing with, would still rather have the ad-supported model. Right. So, I think it's, it, it's definitely a, that's you know, where Facebook is thinking of it from. And I think that, that the answer to that question is changing, right? Like, I agree that most people, probably the you know, vast majority of people, would not be willing to pay for Facebook. Um, but at the same time, it's like as people become much more cognizant and aware of the privacy costs associated with these types of services, I feel like the propensity to pay for them increases over time because, it, like, if you have to, you know, it's on, on one hand, you have to worry about this stuff all the time on these privacy, these data leaks, versus paying some small fee that's like, you know, a cup of coffee or a couple of cups of coffee a month. You know, equivalent of that, to not have to worry about it at all. I think that there are, are some people that would pay for it, and there's no question that Facebook is a useful service from a social perspective. I think the issue is like, how do you properly balance the privacy considerations with the business model, and whether or not offering a paid and a free version as different products can at least offer consumers a more effective way to pick that balance for themselves, instead of relying and trusting that Facebook will pick that balance for you. So I think that there is some merit to the idea. I agree that it's you know the vast majority of people will still probably not pay for it, but you know definitely worth offering. I think, in, in my opinion. And and to put some numbers to how many people might actually be interested, uh, Recode and a research firm Taluna recently surveyed 750 U.S. adults about Facebook, and this was in the wake of Cambridge Analytica. So it's with that in their minds. And 77% said that they would stick with the ad-supported model. Uh, so 23% would be interested in a premium uh, kind of subscription model uh, where they'd pay to use it and have an ad-free experience, or you know, have uh, less of their data being used and tracked. And kind of within that, they're even more helpfully recode and Tulina ask people about pricing points. And so you you look at where they broke things out. It was one dollar to five dollars per month, six dollars to ten dollars per month, and eleven plus. 42% of people said they'd pay between $1 and $5 per month. 25% said they'd be uh, in that 6 to 10. Everyone else, uh, more than 11, so 33%. Um, what that says to me, and, and what's really important about that, is a lot of people are willing to pay less than, the people that are willing to pay are willing to pay less than what their value is to Facebook, which kind of puts them in an interesting dynamic uh, if they're making this decision about making it available to users. Right. And I think separately, there was another survey that came out, other data points for us to kind of <laughs> look through, but uh, also by Recode, but with SurveyMonkey this time. But it actually showed that Facebook is the least trusted major tech company by far currently. Also, this was done after the, the Cambridge and Analytica stuff. So uh, the question was like, which company do you trust least with your personal information? And 56% of respondents said Facebook, <laughs> which is a ridiculously huge gap between the second company, which is Google, at 5%. So, 56% and 5%, and Apple's at like 2%. But yeah, I think there's a there's very clearly a trust issue, and you know whether whether or not they can charge for this, we'll have to see, and you know what that would look like. I mean, you know, so it's kind of bringing back to their their ad revenue numbers on, you know, if we if they wanted to price it based on kind of worldwide averages, like the worldwide average is six bucks per quarter per user, 
So that's like, you know, if you divide that by three, that's $2 a month. Like, and, and, you know, and those numbers you mentioned, so of the people that are willing to pay, almost half of them would pay you somewhere between $1 and $5. So if Facebook were to price it at 2 to $3 a month, that, that's pretty cheap. The, the trouble, though, is, you know, and this is something Mark Zuckerberg has talked about in interviews, is if you're trying to build something that can truly connect the world, you know, you're dealing with people that have totally varying abilities to pay for something, and uh, you need to make it free for certain folks. And so, you know, I, I think that the paid users, even whatever the price point would be, would primarily be in North America and Europe. And those are extremely valuable ad markets. So I think that you can't really apply that average out over the entire world. You kind of have to do that regional pricing model that we talked about before, which means that I think that the price points would be closer to the tipping point for a lot of people uh, that that might not consider it worth it. Oh yeah, exactly. I absolutely agree with you right there because yeah. So I mean, it would be kind of silly for an offer for three bucks in the U.S. When they're making eight bucks, because <laughs> yeah, then it's a net negative for them. But yeah, it's it's tricky because you know Zuckerberg is always kind of his philosophy has always been to focus on the social mission and the, the finances have, have almost always seemed secondary to him. Like he knows it's kind of a a necessary part of the business that he has to pursue, but he's not as interested in it. Like he just his whole goal has been arguably naively this whole like social mission of connecting the world, which. You know, is has kind of contributed to the problem because they didn't really think about all the bad ways that this platform could be used. But yeah, I think they they definitely have a lot of factors to look at, and and also thinking about the Wall Street and, and investors and and their expectations, right? Like, and, and how that weighs into all of this. One of the points, and I think Jeremy Bowman made this uh, point, one of our Fool.com writers, in an article that he wrote was, you know, any decisions that they make with offering a subscription model. Uh, would have to kind of fit into the broader course of what people are expecting for this business. You know, Facebook's North American ad business has grown over 40% for each of the last four quarters. And this is a market where user growth is in like the low single digit percentage points. So almost all of that is coming from ad inventory and ad prices, uh, which is to say that they would be rolling out a subscription service, but then having to increase the price over time if there was a critical mass of people that were interested in it. In order to post meaningful growth, um, so you know it, it might be that a subscription model can't grow as quickly as uh, their advertising business can. Yeah, and, and kind of you know, I just thought of this just now, but like another idea is this idea of you know diversifying the revenue even further. I mean, they've always had this payments business, but it's never been very big. And if they take end up pricing in a way that their financials will take a hit. They could consider kind of trying to expand the platform in other ways. I mean, they, they've been really dipping their toes a lot into e-commerce, which I see a lot of potential in, particularly for Instagram. But like you know, this payments and e-commerce, they, they have a lot of other areas they could potentially expand into to diversify the revenue base. If the subscription model looks like it would be a net negative when trying to replace the ad model, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of ways out of this. Yeah, if you have 99% of your revenue coming from ads and you do anything that will meaningfully impact the number of ads you're serving up, uh, you got to make sure that whatever you're going to be putting in shows the same revenue prospects, revenue growth prospects. Otherwise, uh, you're going to wind up taking a hit on your financials. You know, the growth rates are just going to come down. Right. So I, I do wonder if, like, maybe on the next earnings call, if analysts will ask about this and if we'll get a little bit more color then. But for now, all we have to go off is like, Three sentences, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we do. We we speculate somewhat wildly based on three sentences, Evan. 
That's part of the game. That's part of the game. Um, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email over at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at, oh my God, was that, was that a sneeze, Austin Morgan? <laughs> that was a sneeze. <laughs> that was vicious. I heard that through the studio wall. My gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep rolling because I think that's a great human moment. If, you think, <laughs> if you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows over at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Shout out to Austin Morgan for all his work behind the glass, editing, and sneezing. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. <laughs>